testing one, two, three. Okay. Got time. Okay. I, I don't think I told you what I was going to play next, so I'll tell you what I'm going to play next. Age of Truth has a new one. Um, I can't quite read what it says. Awareness, earth change. Hi everyone, thanks for watching. If you enjoy our shows, please like our videos and subscribe to our channel. And remember to hit the bell for notifications. And you can support us via PayPal, Patreon, Bitcoin, and through our website, ageoftruth.tv. Let's go to Mark 
Stolk. Hello, Mark. Hi, Lucas. And also, hello, Lauke. And as you heard, uh, we've been working under great pressure here, and I was impressed by these two guys, you know, making it possible to still have this transmission. Well, I'm, uh, I've been asked to do uh, a presentation about many things, and one is about bringing away a message of hope in these sometimes what seems to be darkening times. And uh, before I'm going to go into uh, an incredible journey into not just the history of our planet back before the flood. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, you know, magic event that is uh, happening tomorrow, on the 21st of December. And uh, as many of you might know, tomorrow it's, uh, it's the winter solstice. And uh, that's always a very, very special time of year. And, you know, as the old year is running out, uh, you know, and uh, the days, you know, are shortest and the nights are longest. There is actually a shift happening at the 21st of December. And it is what we call the winter solstice. Now, this winter solstice is very, very, very different than uh, many solstices that have come before. And uh, you will get to know in this presentation that I'm going to do for two hours uh, what is actually happening at this time in the, uh, at the planet and also uh, you know how can we better get ready uh, for the future how can we better stay intact in these turbulent and uh, also challenging times and in order to, to do so uh, you know I want to come into uh, a not easy journey because we need to go back into not just history we need to go back into Understanding solar mechanics, natural laws, uh, have a dive into ancient Egypt, uh, before the flood, after the flood. We need to get into what's happening at these times and uh, also we need to somewhere, somehow end up with a message of hope uh, about these times and what is actually possible. So, uh, you know, I think I need to start and uh, the first thing I actually want to do is sounds a bit old, but to greet my, my beloved wife and my daughter Sophie, who are watching at the moment, and all those other people I do know. And I want to um, also make a great thank you to all the teachers and ushers that uh, have helped me through my life to get to this place. But uh, to start with the, the winter solstice. Now, the winter solstice uh, is always a time of new force coming into our planet. And, uh, you know, if you go back into a time where our planet's atmosphere was less polluted by all kinds of radiation, computers, TV, 5G, 4G, 3G, uh, you know, the, the whole thoughts of people, the stress of a Monday morning, uh, devices like, you know, refrigerators, mobile telephones, the planet, uh, you know, was more clean electrically. And uh, many people, especially when you go back in time, were able to see what happened at this time of the winter solstice. And one of the things which I experienced myself, that if you go around this time, it is lasting to around the 3rd of January, you can go uh, in the middle of the night to the forest. And then if you train your eyes not to look at things, but have a kind of wide look, uh, you might be, if you're in a quiet place in yourself, 
about to see actually some colored balls, lights that actually come down and uh, land on the trees. Uh, it's new in colored balls, and these colored balls uh, is what we today are hanging in the Christmas tree. So like the, the letter X, uh, which means Christmas time, uh, you know, this is a time of new incoming falls. And the solstices have always been, uh, you could say, periods of polarized falls. It's not like the equinoxes where things equal out, but you will also always have a strong, you could almost say, opposition between the old and the new. And the special thing about uh, this uh, solstice, where this new force comes in, uh, it's a bit like the signal that makes our heart beat, and our heart is a bit like the earth. Uh, this is a time of, of a new force, and it, it comes in electrically, and, you know, as it starts to come into a planet, and, you know, as we know in springtime, uh, the, the physical results of what's called this green force that comes in with Christmas comes out of the ground and uh, then it runs on through the year. Now this solstice, as I said, is different. And one of the big differences is that uh, we are seeing not just, um, we're not just looking at a, uh, at a solstice, we're also looking at an incredible important alignment between, I would call it a conjunction between two planets. And uh, these are the planets of Pepper, and uh, the planet of Jupiter. And they are actually moving out of, you know, the, the Capricorn house into the Aquarius house. And they will be joined in 2023 by Pluto, which is the planet mm -hmm. of transformation. But what is this saying, this, this Saturn thing and this Jupiter thing? Now, Saturn is in a way, as you might know, if you go in mythology, the, the father Jupiter. He's, he's, he's God that, in a way, uh, was once, you know, the leading God and became, uh, you know, the underground. Uh, he went and became the, the God of the, the underworld. And so, in a way, in a short summation, you could say that Saturn is standing for everything that is old and it is standing for boundaries. And, you know, uh, I'm sitting here with a Capricorn in the room, Laug is a Capricorn, and Capricorns have the cunning ability that they, they, when they are born, they start off old, and as they go on in life, they become younger and younger, and, uh, you know, it was like, uh, oh, Lucas gave me the great compliment that I look so young, but I've got my Capricorn as an ascendant, so that might be helpful. Anyway, Capricorn stands for the old, it is also an earth element, and we're now moving into, uh, you know, this, this conjunction. And, and, and what is so special about this conjunction that normally happens every 20 years? But this conjunction is different because normally uh, they call it a conjunction when, when the planets meet in a celestial sky, for example, just a little bit above each other. They already call that a conjunction. But this time, which is very, very unique, Saturn and Jupiter are actually meeting each other right at the point. And that means that the planets you know, overlap each other. And the light of these planets, therefore, will become increasingly bright. It's thought by uh, you know, researchers that this might have been the star of Bethlehem. Uh, and uh, 
Well, Jupiter, uh, where Saturn stands for the old, the hermit, uh, you know, uh, an earth sign. Uh, Jupiter is actually related uh, to fire. And something which is uh, so special about Jupiter is that Jupiter is a planet that is on its way to become a sun. Uh, scientists know this. Uh, Jupiter is radiating at the moment more energy uh, than it receives. It's, it's on its way uh, to become a sun. And we come back to this because you know, it's very interesting because what it suggests is that everything in the whole of creation is either growing or dying, uh, uh, you know, uh, living or you could say withering. It's, it, it's, it's called the law of two. And even moons in this beanie hat protect my head from harmful 4G and 5G cell phone radiation. My EMF meter is going crazy, but what? if I take the cell a phone commercial? and oh, place okay. it I took the beanie hat off of, um, and then take my I took it off of the other. Yeah, they are in the That's why this We might not see it because this takes billions of years. But Jupiter is the sign of the risen savior. And so we're moving from something that is old into something which is completely new. Because we're also moving into the house of Aquarius, which is an air sign, we're moving out of the house of Saturn. We're moving from, from th things that are more fixed, more physical, more earthbound, into something, you could say, uh, that has more to do with the element of air. Now, air is difficult to, to, to catch. And, 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 and that, that's one of the problems of, of air, you know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen these people that walk on their toes and they're with a hat, you know, like this, a bit like birds. They, they walk like air signs. They, they, are, they are the intellectuals. And uh, so you could say, you know, uh, mm. Aquarius, which, says in, uh, which is in an air sign. That we're moving from, from a, a more earthy, rusted time in, into a very airy time. And, but it's also a very, uh, you could say, you can't grasp it. It, it, it. it can't put air in a box, it will drift out. And so it's going to be a, a time where things can be very misty, uh, very hazy to see what's going on, what is the direction we need to go into. It's a very unknown and open time, but a time with a lot of promise. And so this is one of the things going on. So I spoke about, you know, the, the winter solstice and spoke about this uh, alignment. But there's more going on. And as we go on, it will become more and more interesting. Uh, one of the things that is going on at the moment as well, that some of you might know, is that uh, we are in the time of a grand solar minimum. And I explain I actually knew what that. that is about. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can see this, uh, but this is a curve that is symbolizing the cycle of Sign the sun. Away. And our sun has a cycle that is actually Sign lasting 22 years. Now, this is a very interesting number if you start to study esoterics and uh, you know, the ancient wisdoms yeah the sun uh you know what it does 
if I look here at the, uh, the, the number zero, it starts to increase in power and it becomes more hot. And at the time of its maximum, it starts to flare. Mm -hmm. It starts to give away energy. That was about 10 years ago. And it was flaring because I went to that we site. Know that, uh, you know, when there's solar flares or a solar maximum, it can disturb things like computers, e and you know, uh, electrical equipment right. on our Earth. What then is happening is that, you know, after this maximum, it goes down. And it comes to the zero line, you know, where you see all these minimums. This was called a zero of a, a solar minimum. Mm -hmm. That is at the 11th year. What then happens is that mm -hmm. the sun changes polarity. And the North Pole becomes the South Pole. The mm, South Pole south. becomes the North Pole. Right, full switch. And then again, it starts to increase and build. Right. And we have another solar maximum out at once. Now, what is so important about this? Because if you go back in time, ah. the, the Egyptians, they knew about this cycle. Mm -hmm. They knew about the sun going through the cycle of 22 years. And when they then divided the, 20, uh, the number 22 with the seven colors of the rainbow, or the seven colors of the chakra, uh, what they got was the, the, the famous number P, number that oh. is in, uh, a universal number, which can be found when you bite a circle with this diameter. Now, Egypt, which was also the origin of what we call the tarot, mm -hmm. and it is very interesting that if you look at the tarot, that the tarot has got 21 cards. And then there is an, an added card, which is card number okay. 22, which is the full card. Right. Now, if you uh, go back into history, you go as an example to England, you know, the tarot was there for a long time forbidden because uh, mm -hmm. it got brought basically to Europe by gypsies mm -hmm. and it was seen by uh, the Anglican Church as a, as a satanic tool, yeah. uh, you know, it was forbidden. Right. So the church in England demanded the full card to be put into the tarot. Now the full card is in a way number 22. It's the end of one cycle, but also the beginning of a new one. And any cycle, you know, is always only in the end. It's where the old gets denied by the full card and something you can start. And that's very interesting because these 22 years, we are actually in the year 2020. We are in a way in the year of the fool. And you know, you could also say it's the year where people can easily get fooled by what's going on. And it is also a year, therefore, that is a bridge, a very significant bridge between a long cycle that has been and a new cycle that is to come. Now, the most interesting thing is that if we look at these solar minimums uh, where the sun is very low in its activity uh, and it is giving less heat and radiation to our planet something happens and what is happens that at the, the poles there's holes that uh, start around the poles and as they become an approach a solar minimum these holes uh, they actually become bigger and what they called are corona holes now the interesting thing with corona holes is that Corona holes uh, are actually end 
three points for cosmic force or co cosmic energy. Mm. And we call that uh, cosmic rays. And mm. it is through these holes, these corona holes on the sun, that energy that is even higher than the sun can come through the portal of the sun into our planet Earth. Now, what is coming, you know, from uh, what is coming through these uh, cosmic rays? And one of the things they know is that viruses can travel for millions of years through our universe. And as an example, viruses can come in through mm. cosmic rays. That can come from things like supernovae, uh, black holes, huh. and they can enter in our planet. But also the whole idea of influenza or influence, because that's the Italian word for influence, it's a time of new influences. Now, with a normal, you could say, a normal uh, winter solstice, you get the new influence of the sun. Uh, but at this time, because we're entering a grand solar minimum, we're actually getting completely new uh, you know, energy coming in. And it's cosmic rays. Now, they carry all kinds of new influences. Now, why is it called the grand solar minimum? Because normally this only takes years and then it's over but this ground solar minimum you know it's it's about to last for they think around 2053 or longer oh. because of it because of this high force coming in from the universe they uh, they even expect the temperatures to drop also because the sun is less active and uh, but it will therefore cause you know all kinds of new influences can cause new uh, viritic uh, changes now it has an influence also on us humans and who knows you know what could happen with all kinds of unused faculties in us that could get switched on because of higher frequencies that at the moment enter our planet now it is said by the uh, the ancients uh, in cultures that if you study man, you study the universe, and if you study the universe, you study man. So if we are made in the image of not just God, which is masculine, but also in the image of creation, which is feminine, uh, you know, our human body or our human complex, which is perhaps a better word, gives all kinds of clues. And scientific research is actually showing many, many fascinating things. One of the things that is recently discovered here in 2019 is that 60 million years ago, our planet did not have two poles, a North Pole and a South Pole. It actually had five poles. Five. It had a North Pole, a South Pole, a West Pole, and an East Pole, and a little wandering pole. Wandering pole. And it is very interesting because you know, if you study natural laws or you study numbers, you know, what is the number five got to do with? And, you know, it's very interesting oh, that uh, if the idea is that, you know, planets can develop and grow up, and, you Pentagon. know, might it have started as a five-fold thing, and now it is actually already an octave higher, and I'll talk about that later. But if we look at five, you know, where we can look at our, our hand, and what we see is in a way a North Pole, a South Pole, a West Pole, and an East Pole. 
or you could relate it to the four seasons where each of our fingers has three months. And what is happening at the winter solstice? It's, it's our fifth thing. Huh? Our, you could say, it's like our arms, legs, and our heads. This is the fifth thing. Or like our four chambers of our heart and the signal that makes Analogy. it beat. It's the fifth thing that's coming in. And it is, yeah, you know, it's the movable pole that can a, connect to the other poles. Now, if our planet five years of uh, 60 billion years ago at five poles, something happened and it started to develop into two poles. The question is, what will happen in the coming years, in the coming new time we are entering into? Will we still have two poles? And we know that the, the North Pole and the South Pole are wandering away from their position at great speed in just the last 200 years, you know. So uh, you know, they are, uh, it has been moving oh, our North Pole, true. magnetic North Pole has been moving Jump from Alaska sounds. and it's moving at the moment with a, a speed of 40 kilometers a year into Russia. Another thing is, we know as well that the Earth magnetic field is weakening. And for the last 200 years, it has been weakening with uh, 9%. Now, what is happening with this solar minimum? Uh, what is happening with this solar minimum is that a solar minimum, because of this cosmic rays, it will weaken the electromagnetic field even more. And the, uh, the electromagnetic field of our planet is roughly divided in three layers. Uh, so if you look at it at, at my finger, it is three layers. And, but the top level gets inactivated. So with the solar minimum, the top layer of the electromagnetic field of our planet is not there, which only leaves two layers. Now, going back to these five poles, you know, these four poles, the North Pole, South Pole, West Pole, and East Pole, they are extending in their influence throughout the electromagnetic field of the planet. But this fifth pole isn't. And it's a bit like our thumb that's got two parts. If the top layer is getting removed, then this one, this wandering pole, the electrical part is getting switched on, and our thumb is related to our head. So the question is, you know, what is going to happen with our head? And if the electromagnetic field of our planet is you know, rapidly, rapidly weakening, and you know, there's cosmic rays coming in. You could say that we got less protection. Put poison on, in there. Uh, you know, our planet, and we're more Put open to in the influence the of the Now, this is going to change an enormity. The interesting thing is, if you look at the, the human body, as I said, you study, you study man, you study the universe, that here we got five, five fingers of a hand, all plus one. And then we got these two bones, like the two poles, North Pole, South Pole. And the next one is one bone. And there's a development here. Eh? Like uh, a child that is in a way starting off like a little pentagram in the womb. You know, pentagram. at the age of well, I said. one and two. Pentagram. Having, uh, starting to develop its own mind, wanting to make choices. And you could ask yourself, okay, you know, why would we want to make choices? Well, this 
possible that we're here on this planet, uh, this place of learning, uh, which itself got four seasons and a signal that makes it beat, to, to learn not just about nature, but about what it means to be human and what is the purpose of life. So, are we here to, in a way, make choices? And that is what we need to look at. And that these choices we make can connect us lower energies, middle energies, or higher energies in creation. And if that's the case, this time becomes very, very interesting. Because what's happening is that with a planet that is less protected, and therefore less active, its aura is weak, it's down. With the sun that is less active, we've got basically, again, two polarities. And because what is active on the one hand is the moon. And as we will see, the moon is the most physical level in creation. That and on the other gorgeous. hand, something which has to do with the cosmic infinite. Wow, wow. Now, if we're on this brink of this new time, the question is, you know, where are we going to go as a human race, but also individually? What is it that we choose and stand for? And therefore, this time is, uh, as I see it, a most most special time and uh, to be able to deeper understand that uh, we need to travel back you know uh, i would say into history what has gone on our planet because if one old paradigm is dying out and one new one is starting we basically need to see uh, you know what happened before us uh, and what might come and if one epoch, if we're starting, we're coming out of one epoch, and we're entering a new one, it's then it could really be said, right. well, in a bit like Rome, when it was in its decay, when things are in, in its decay, they're, they're struggling for the, the last bits of life. Because mm -hmm. yeah, everything wants to, to survive. So also, the old paradigm is, you know, struggling to survive. And on the other hand, something new. to transmit, you know, years of study and knowledge 
in a very, very small amount of time. Now, okay, um, I've got a lot of papers here which I'm looking at, and uh, well, let's start off with this one first. And here you see, I hope you can read it. Uh, you know, it's, I, I like it about this. It is all, you know, handwritten on pieces of paper. And uh, you can't see my head now. I just uh, go a little bit to the side, like this. <laughs> uh, and yes. Well, what you see here is a diagram. Now, let's say we go back to the origin of everything. Now, the origin of everything, which I mean the origin of life, the origin of the universe. And you look at all creational myths, somewhere, somehow, there was something of an origin. And what we understand from it, that it's not based in time, it's not based in physical matter, it has no movement, it is not something, but it is also not not something. Somewhere the origin uh, of everything, uh, you know, which had no boundaries, uh, you know, had in itself the most fine energy we can think of, but, but something in it, you know, something urged it to, you know, seek consciousness. And the way you uh, can imagine this is, imagine you are alone, drifting alone in, in space, you know, like, uh, what is the song from Bowie? Uh, you know, about Captain, I forgot his name. Captain Kirk. Anyway, in my tin can, floating through the universe. Now, let's say Captain you are in your little tin can there, and you're the only one. Earrings. You know, you will not meet other humans. You will not meet other intelligence and therefore, you oh, will not know who you are because you've got nothing to reflect. You know, you, 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 you haven't got someone else to talk to. And so let's say that original state was seeking consciousness. And, and one of the first thing it did, it started to duplicate itself and it started to create what is called creation. Uh, and creation is feminine. And creation one can liken onto the heart uh, in, a, in a very, very simple analogy. It's the heart of out which everything else started to appear. Uh, and out of that heart, out of that womb, uh, you know, the masculine principle called born. It, it, we call it God. And that's the head uh, of the universe, the, you know, the master orchestrator. And all the time, you know, energy is flowing from the origin to creation to God. And then the energy is in a way coming into our universe. God is the creator of our universe, expanding it, and what he left behind was lesser levels of energy. And so it's interesting when you look at the word God, it says grow or diminish, yeah, because God, the masculine principle, started to create order in everything. And that's what you see in many of the creational myths. He started to create the natural laws. Now, what is a natural law? A natural law is, a, a, you could say, it's, it's, it's a, a, you know, it's a universal influence to which all things must respond. And so you've got the law of two, you've got the law of three, you've got the law of four, the law of five. And as an example, when you start to study numbers and you start to collect examples, 
of, for example, the number four in nature, you will very quickly discover that number four, as an example, has to do with cycles. The number possible. three is cosmic, the number five is relating Doesn't to human, move. the number six is relating to everything that's fixed. You know, very strong building forms like, you know, the molecular structures, diamonds, He's on the wrong uh, honey rates, you know, that they sixth formed. And, and you wonder why the Antichrist is 666, you know, because it basically says six is in a fix. It's basically saying fixed in your conscious, fixed in your semi-conscious and fixed in your unconscious, I, there is no development possible. Now, back to what is called the ray of creation. God, being the number one orchestrator, started, you know, in his expansion of the universe, leave behind lesser levels of energy. And the first is purgatory, which is, uh, some people think that's the, the name for hell, but that is the Catholic version of it. It's not. It's it's. It's a level of energy. I won't go too much into it right now. Then there's a shock point. And the next level is the intergalactic level. Then we come into the level of stars, the level of suns. And then there's a shock point again. And it brings us down to what we can call planets and moons. Now, moons are very, very physical. It's the most physical form in that sense. Uh, the end station of this whole ray of creation. So everything is moving. Therefore, you know, from energy, slowly, slowly, into matter. Now, if God keeps doing this, you know, and he's repeating his number one action, it basically says that at a certain point, all the energy that's up here gets frozen into matter. Now, and nothing will come back. We need to look at it. So, if creation would go on this way, God would keep expanding the universe, you know, uh, basically in the end, we're nothing more than moons. The thing, interesting thing is with the moon, is that the moon, you know, when we look at it, it reflects the light of the sun. So the moon is not just a station, it's also a mirror back. But the thing is that the moon has no atmosphere. Uh, and we call this an expression in, in language, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when you say someone is a movie, you know, he's basically a bit tough, you know, and, uh, you can even hear it when people are a bit slow and moony on a Monday, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a bit like a crumbsy day, and you ask a person, what have you done today? Uh, 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 don't know, uh, uh, when they make that sound, it's, it's, a, it's a moon frequency sound, because they basically, you know, they, 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 they're not too bright. They can't think. And, and the letter U, which is like a cup shape, it's a bit like the moon. Uh, it, it's a cup that can get filled up. Now, the interesting thing with the moon is that, yeah, the moon, uh, you know, the scientists discovered it not that long ago. It's actually, you know, not just rock. It is actually already in its next stage of growth. And because one of the natural it's, laws, it's the universe fake. natural laws is the moon is fake. Do everything grows or dies. And we put this whole aspect, you know, of a moon that is able to grow. Everything grows. So as the moon is circling the moon around is our a planet's electromagnetic atmosphere, yeah, every time it's full moon, it comes into the electromagnetic atmosphere, it sucks 
on the planet fought for its own development. And that's why full moon is always a bit of a strange time. You hear time. so many you things. Know, you ask taxi chauffeurs. You really have to use discernment. People behave more weird when it's full moon. They know it in, in, in hospitals, you know, don't do operations. Because right? the moon has also an influence on the waters of our planet. In Holland in 1963, you know, a big part of the country uh, you know, was flooded. Uh, you know, there was high water, but it was a time full moon. And uh, the waters, the moon pulled the waters up and rolled over the dikes and uh, a big part got flooded. So the moon is our big magnet in the sky. And you could say it is drawing away all the energy that our planet no longer needs. Now, yeah, but there is a theory, which is the, the growing theory, and also the growing moon theory, that basically says that, that our planet, uh, once upon a time, also has been in a moon state. And when you look, you go back to you know, our planet, there's been a time that all the continents fit mm. together, like a jigsaw puzzle. Before the time of what they call Pangea, it was like the planet was smaller. And then it started to grow and grow and grow and expand. And, so, and as it did, it started to collect water. Yeah. Now, these seven stages, you know, of development that we, we you know, or these seven levels in creation, uh, we, we find back in many things. You know, we ourselves, you know, we are a chakra system and we got this very, very interesting same division uh, where you know, we put our heads, yeah, and we got this level, purgatory, uh, and then this would be in the chakra system related to violet, this would be indigo. Then here, you know, we've got a crossover of nerves. And what we get is here, in the, in the throat chakra, uh, the color blue, the lungs are green, this whole area here, you know, of, of the stomach, this guy. chest is yellow, and, and then we get into the other short point, uh, which is the orange chakra, you know, and, and the root chakra. Now he's trying now, to... If you look at organic life, plant life, uh, you know, it also goes through seven stages of growth. Uh, it starts with the seed, which is like physical. And it can lay in the earth for millions of years. It's, uh, you know, until the time that there is a signal, an energy signal that quickens it, and there's water and minerals in the ecology that can sustain its growth and it starts to grow. What it then does, it starts to develop a germ and then it comes out of darkness, out of darkness into the light, into the sunlight. It becomes a sprout and, you know, this white germ starts to take on color. It becomes green. And then it moves, it starts to develop, you know, in, the, in this level, stem and leaves. And then it comes to flower bud which relates to the throat. And then it breaks through another octave. And as it does, it starts to open up a flower. And when the flower is open, it starts to signal to, if it's a red flower, to the energy of red and the energy of that specific flower that it can get fertilized. And so flowers are like cups that can receive energy and draw it back, just like our hand can receive energy and bring it into our system. Now, these seven levels, if you look at the number seven, it's always got to do with maintenance structures. And 
it's very interesting that we've got seven holes in our heads. And uh, our planet is called a rainbow with seven colors. We've got seven days in the week. We've got uh, the seven planets of the ancients. It's always talking, you know, about an octave. But when you move out of that octave, when you move out of this planet, when you go through, you know, the seven spectrum colors, the seven chakra, you come to the crown chakra and suddenly you come into what Buddha calls the eighth heaven. You get enlightened. Your pineal gland, and we have to talk about that later, gets switched on. And when it does, it can start to, you know, in the aura, around the head, develop what is called a sun disk or a halo. So this is a little bit, you know, about just a very, very tiny, tiny bit about natural laws. There's so much more to tell. But what it is saying is that energy, pure of energy is moving uh, away from its from that state into lesser states of energy. And as it does, it becomes more and more physical and frozen. And you pass uh, you know, it to I'm your glasses. Take this so here and this glasses, cup. You can have and your glasses hanging here. Atoms, and then if you need them, you know, then you just put them on. It's just that these atoms don't I have move. readers and somewhere. So atoms in a fixed Probably state. Probably my books. And I'll patch any money. That's where so they are. There's been one movement. There's been one movement in creation from energy to physical. Now then that movement from pure energy into physical matter, into the end station of the moon, you know, has been the, you could say, the first establishment creation. And everything in there is responding to automatic programmings, automatic laws. So we got, you know, all the different cycles. The cycle from breathing in and out, the cycle of day and night, the cycle of a heart, the cycle of new year, uh, the great celestial year, you know, in the, where we go around in the Milky Way, 25,006 years, you know, cycles that are even far greater, uh, cycles and cycles and cycles. And everything is, you know, ordered and orchestrated to function automatically. Now, the thing is, if creation wants to become conscious of itself, why would it create something that is completely automatic? If I would create something outside of myself and, you know, the only thing I get back is a programmed response, it becomes very boring. You've got these Japanese people today, you know, they, uh, they're living in these apartments, mostly men, and they've got this kind of doll, doll there. It's a programmed computer that basically says, when they wake up, hello, darling, and uh, good morning, and it's kind of artificial wife, you know, but it's not inventive. It doesn't say new things. It's programmed response. You know, and um, you don't get. They say life is all about making choices. Well, I didn't choose metastatic breast cancer. Not the exact type. Not the specific mutation. But I did pick hope. And also clarity. By knowing I have a treatment that goes right at it. Discover PICRAY, the first and only treatment that specifically targets PIC3CA mutations in HR-positive HER2-negative MBC, which are common and linked to cancer growth. PICRAY is taken with full vestrant after progression on hormone therapy and has been proven to help people with a PIC3CA mutation live longer without disease progression. Do 
not take Picre if you've had a severe allergic reaction to it or to any of its ingredients. Picre can cause serious side effects, including severe allergic and skin reactions, high blood sugar levels and diarrhea that are common and can be severe, and lung problems known as pneumonitis. Tell your doctor right away if you have symptoms of severe allergic reactions or high blood sugar while taking Picre. Your doctor will monitor your blood sugar before you start and during treatment, and may monitor more often if you have a history of type 2 diabetes. Before starting, tell your doctor if you have a history of diabetes, skin reactions, or pregnant, breastfeeding, or plan to become pregnant. Common side effects include rash, nausea, tiredness and weakness, decreased appetite, mouth sores, vomiting, weight loss, hair loss, and changes in certain blood tests. If you've progressed on hormone therapy and have a PIK3CA mutation, ask your doctor about PIKRAY. I can honestly tell you that no one should be without this. When it comes to must-have survival gear, the Liberty Band Tactical... Anything you coming back. So let's say that our universe, like in childhood, before puberty, you know, was establishing this whole automatic platform in all kinds of different levels and layers of energy, from gold purgatory to galaxies to stars, suns, planets, and moons. Now, it might have been that, you know, before... Uh, the human came on this planet, there has been other, you know, civilizations throughout our universe. Stations on different levels. And so let's say that, you know, you've got races that are not humanoid, but they live, for example, on the level of sun or star. And, you know, they wouldn't have the freedom that the human race has got to develop. And the way I want to illustrate it is by this diagram. I hope you can see it. It is... Uh, is very small written. But scientists have discovered that the background radiation of our universe is infrared. Now, this That's is very interesting because when you think of a white star with white light and you are in a spaceship and you are actually traveling away from this white light, so with the light. The strange thing what happens is what, what they call a red shift. That white light starts to turn red. And as we are still expanding in our universe, therefore the background radiation moving away from the core turns red. And so red is the autumn is a color of automatic robotic establishment. It doesn't resonate with me. And imagine that like I said, there's been all kinds of intelligences, but they are, you know, from angel structures <laughs> to universal, highly developed races, but they don't have the same ability like we have to co-create, to give back. And, and, and that's very interesting because suppose that our blue planet, you know, uh, although it's four and a half billion years old, and the, the life on it, uh, you know, and, and, and the human race has come very late on, on the evolutionary scene. Yeah, and let's say that, uh, you know, our universe has developed to the level of puberty. And so the whole automatic array of creation is established. All the automatic processes, the different races and angel structures are in place. Everything is working. Animals, you know, they are programmed to response. Plants. 
But if you don't want to get a programmed response back, you need to do something else. And at a certain point, you know, what happened in the human development is that there's been a permission for humans to develop choice. And uh, basically what also happens in puberty. Uh, children start to think for themselves and suddenly they don't like their parents, you know, they're irritating and uh, you know, uh, they don't want this, they don't want that. And it was even only in ancient Egypt, because if you go back there, you know, at the age of 12 to 13, uh, you know, the rich families would hire a scribe, and the scribe would write down everything that the child would say yes to in the age between 12 and 13. Because up to the age of 12, mostly what is active is the automatic brain in us, which is mostly located in our spine. After the age of 12, our head gets active, and we start to, you know, get there's a police car running by. Uh, our yes brain, our head gets active, we can make choices. Now, so if you look, and this is very important uh, in the understanding of history, is that we've got what is called a red shift. Uh, that is basically when we are moving away from the basket or core of creation. Mm-hmm. And it comes from a unification, but it splits up in a diversi- di- diversification. Uh, the sun is thicker. Now, then, there's another mm-hmm. shift. And that is when you travel towards this white star. Mm. And what you have, it's not just the speed of light you're meeting, but now you're also traveling with your spaceship. So you're actually traveling in relation to the light that is coming towards you with a greater speed and the speed of light. And what happens is that that white light starts to turn blue. Now we know this uh, exact same phenomena. If you, uh, you've got a, yeah, a nail of iron that you hold in a flame, now first it starts to turn red and orange, yeah, which is the low energy. And as the energy increases, goes to orange, to yellow, then it becomes white, but the highest energy is actually blue. Now suppose now that, huge. you know, after the establishment of this whole automatic ray of creation, this red shift, you know, uh, the universe started to create places that were blue shift. And in blue shift, what is happening? It's actually coming from planets like ours, our blue planet, places of multiplicity, uh, where there's so much differences, but they all need to work together. And it needs to, a response needs to go back up the ray of creation. So here we are, you know, having free choice. And we've got an incredible table of plenty to learn from put things together in ways that have not done before. Which can relate to new art, new music, new insights, yeah? but also the combination of all kinds of forces we can attract from the universe that we can combine on new ways. Yeah? And if we make the development up back to the core of creation, we actually can hand it back to where it comes from. So the idea of becoming a co-creator, and that's been the great promise. Now. So, a blue universe basically says, and you see it here with this multiplicity of life, and and more and more, you know, they start to find out that all this life on the planet, we live on plant life, animal life, humans, they're all connected to the electromagnetic field of our planet. And they all need to work together. And it's a very interesting thing, how things balance each other out. You know, you can see it with certain species got foxes and rabbits one year there's many foxes and uh, 
you know, there ain't many rabbits because, but the, the year after there's not so many rabbits and, you know, therefore you will have less foxes. Everything works out and balances. Now, this red shift and blue shift, they are very, very important in the understanding of what happened in world history. And by the way, you know, it's like uh, before we move on to that, you know, even a virus, you know, is going through these seven stages. You know, it's like, so imagine a coronavirus, you know, it's like, and that's the interesting thing. You know, what makes you, what makes us able to catch a virus? And that, that, that's a good question. Uh, because if a virus is not just chemical, but is actually connected to an electrical frequency, then it needs to find a host that is matching that frequency. Now, and it's interesting, you know, with the, the word influenza or influence, that often people get sick or can get a cold uh, uh, often six or seven days after they have had an emotional drama or outburst. They're more vulnerable to become sick. So let's say, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a virus and I've got a specific frequency, let's say E. Now what if I come through this cosmic ray, you know, that is coming through the corona hole in the sun, they're coming into this weakened electromagnetic field, there's a human. And that aura might also a little bit weak. And there's this E frequency. And if there is cells in that human that resonate on the same frequency, E, because that's the way that human thinks or feels, these things start to resonate. And, and what happens is that, you know, a virus is in a way landing on a cell. That's the red stage, you know, and, and as we know, it's a virus mostly genetic material. Now, what it then does, it starts to try to uh, penetrate into the cell. Now, and then you've got the short point. Now it's in the cell. And what it does, you know, it starts to uncoat itself. It starts to unfold itself. And then, you know, it starts to grow. And then there's another stage where it starts to organize itself. And then there's another short point, like in that ray of creation, where suddenly the, the cell explodes and all these new viruses that have overtaken the DNA of the cell spread out. And as they do, they attracted to these energies and these e energies that are attached to these viruses seek new cells so and that's the question you know why and that's why i really wonder why is that in the whole corona research hardly be done any research into the research of frequencies because i'm sure that uh, there are certain frequencies certain electromagnetic frequencies that would actually kill off 5g coronavirus Yes, we don't hear anything about it. We've forced back from electromagnetic energies into the world of physics and chemicals, which basically say our rescue will be a vaccine, which I don't believe in. Basically, because you know the ways vaccines are made. So, oh yeah, yeah, you know, it's like here you could this. I forgot about it. This is this picture about you know our Earth growing, which I talked about. Everything grows with ice now. Let's say that, you know, our universe is full of cycles and uh, our planet, you know, has also gone through cycles. And, you know, not just day and night and, uh, you know, not just, uh, you know, the great celestial year, 
but let's say that uh, one of the things is that oh, you know our planet's got an electromagnetic field 